Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about the music of 2021 overall. Yes, sir. You already know that time of the year where we give you our favorite albums of the year and maybe our least favorites or maybe we call them disappointments, you know, something we were looking forward to that we didn't really feel it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we'll start off this one with the top five pros. We'll get to the cons slash disappointments after, but we're mainly here to talk about the stuff we liked and big that up. I went really based on like statistics, you know. How much you played them? Yeah, you know, how much I played. And obviously I, I still use my brain to like think like, oh wait, did I really feel it that much? But Numbers for sure had a lot to do with it, and I feel like this year was very accurate, you know? Shout out to Apple with the replay system. Still not as good as Spotify. Let's get it the fuck together <laughs> over there at Apple. They're slacking. Yeah, it's, it's a shame, bro. Like, us Apple users had to stay on the low for about a week. <laughs> but, uh, alright, let's get into it. My number five this year, out of nowhere, I don't think we've even mentioned any of his albums in past years, but... Duckworth with SG8. Wow. This was a quick little album that I really enjoyed. I think it's like nine songs. Can't stop playing it. Still do. Lyrics are fun. I think we mentioned that on the episode we reviewed it earlier in the year. Catchy. Nice beats. I even recommend people catch like the one or two videos that he has out there for the album. He just has a cool energy. There's one or two songs that I could skip. Mostly just the first track and the last track. Not that they're bad, it's just like, Mm -hmm. those aren't the ones that I'm like craving when I listen to the album. Yeah, check it out if you haven't. Yeah, this was a project that I thought was interesting also for how it talked about the change in things with the pandemic and different little fun ways he integrated that into it, but not too over the top, which I was kind of worried some musicians might do, but he pulled it off. Yes, sir. So for mine... I'll just say real quick at the start, you know, you mentioned going off stats and whatnot. I don't view it totally the same just because I think there's some music that has great replay value, but it's just like solid. It's just nice to be playing in the background and stuff. But then there's projects where you really want to listen to them and focus and it's almost like a treat when you listen to them. But just in general, I've kind of view those as two different things. So anyway... I say that to say these are more based on just what I thought was the best music, not necessarily what I played the most, but yeah. So for my five spot, I was debating between a few different projects, also considered like Finn Staples and Isaiah Rashad, which were two of the ones that I did bump a lot. But I ended up going with actually a deluxe version of an album that came out last year, but it had enough tracks where it felt like a project of its own, even longer than the Vince album, for example. And that is Jesse Ware's What's Your Pleasure Platinum Edition. It's a healthy amount of songs. And these are technically bonus tracks in a way, but they're so good and such a continuation of that album that it feels like more than that. And I've always loved Jesse's stuff, but I feel like for both the regular and this deluxe, like she was just in another pocket that she hasn't been before. So 
great disco dance type album and impossible hot and heavy please just tons of great tracks and super cohesive overall an album i'll call like a, a slight sleeper haven't bumped it enough however i remember listening to it and like digging it it's jesse Weather. she does no wrong all right my number four another tough choice because again really like the album just wasn't sure where to place it but snow allegra temporary highs in the violet skies Ooh, this album right here flipped me on how i feel about snow allegra been aware of her always have tried her music like i didn't hate it i like some of her tracks but never really liked the entire project ep whatever she drops this album right here maybe with a little bit of push and help from tita creator pushed me over the edge and now i'm a i'm a snow allegra fan i mean album that i can easily click number one let it play through goes 15 songs there are different sounds again like the title of the creator tracks are kind of different than some of her really slower tracks or more moodier tracks however just thematically nice like the lyrics like the hooks some good songs to sing along to like just the music i guess i wanted from her in the moment definitely is one of my top tracks of the year for sure so i was going back and forth swapping three and four i'll go with another uk dance record back to back and (laughs) that is sg lewis with the album times he was someone who i'd been aware of through collabs with claro and other people and was making good stuff but i wasn't expecting all that much from this album like i thought it'd be cool and that's it and just shattered my expectations just a really great dance record i think gives disclosure a run for its money i mean he's kind of taking the torch from them but arguably doing it maybe even better i mean i don't know time will tell no pun intended but solid album for sure great album could probably even make it on my top 10 fire i think it did i know you mentioned disclosure i think it bodied disclosure in terms of like hand-in-hand dance electronic album between the two um sg lewis got it a little bit of a surprise because you went back to back you know (laughs) fancy pop or not pop but you know just dance electronic but can't be mad at all disco baby so this is where like because i think you made a good point earlier saying like you went with like what was best musically and not necessarily what you played the most i went with statistics but just for example like Snow Allegra's was my number two played, but it's my number four in terms of the year. But I think this, for me, is where it starts, like, maybe I didn't play this enough, but I think this is something I'll play more throughout the years. Right, right. Just because it's better musically, I probably age better. So I feel like this where my concept of this episode and yours kind of come together. So for my number three, I have to go with Tyler, the creator, Call Me If You Get Lost. Mm-hmm. This is my most played, quote unquote, most played album of the year, according to Apple Replay. Come on now. Like, (laughs) this is T. T doesn't miss. It's one of those, in a hip hop way, like timeless albums, because it has the mixtape vibes, but it has a Tyler, like, sound and has drama in it, which kind of takes you back. You know, it's one of those, like, past, present, future type things what's your name it's like 90s bro it just cries yeah. 90s and one of my most played songs of the year dude's unstoppable 
Yeah, What's Your Name is probably the best track on that album, at least top three. You know I love him also, so, yeah. Alright, my number three crept up a couple spots, and I didn't even know it was going to be in my top five necessarily before doing this episode, but it is Joyce Rice with Overgrown. It was just a project where I listened to it when it came out, and I liked it. But I think there was so much coming out at that time that I didn't get to fully listen as much as I wanted to. And then I was going back to it more recently. Just feels like one of the best R&B debut albums in a minute. Has kind of a 90s feel to it from the cover to certain sounds. But it also feels modern too. So it's not only nostalgia either. And So So Sick is probably my favorite song. Can't complain really. Not mad at this. I kind of did know that you really liked this album just from like earlier episodes or you mentioning her name. Super dope. Yeah, you put me on. I really liked it. Definitely a person that I'm really looking forward to like their next project. So yeah, shout out to her. All right. For my number two, Mac Ayers with Magic 8-Ball. This right here, this music, <laughs> young man. This right here, it's our music. This our Again, not comparing them or anything, but this is our Marvin Gaye, you know what I mean? This is our <laughs> this is our soulful music right here, this where, you know, this is the music we pass on <laughs> 30 years from now. Because I feel like not many people know Mac. Many people do know Mac Miller, rest in peace again, the great. Not many people know about Mac Ayers. He had like another album that I had listened to that I like a few songs from, but it was just that. Like I knew him as those two or three songs. But when this came out, I remember his name. I remember his songs. I think I had been listening to it or I had put him in like one of my playlists. So his name was like fresh. So I was like, oh, let me check it out. And I was like, bruh, blown away. I've gone back and like listened to his shit. And now I'm like hooked on it where I literally just type in his name and just like shuffle through all his songs. And it's fucking fire, like ambient, sing to it. It has like a mix of everything. And his voice is angelic. When I was narrowing down to like, see oh you know am i forgetting anything or should i reconsider any of these for my top pros it was one i threw in there like okay i like this album let me see if it makes the top so it didn't make that but it's kind of like the sg lewis for you like probably be in my top 10 you know and definitely has a couple songs that are in my top for the year so can't hate it all also that's airs like roy airs a y r e s so yeah For my number two, I'll keep it short because we already kind of talked about it, but it's Tyler, the creator with Call Me If You Get Lost, was also debating on like where in the order to put this, but it was always going to be somewhere in the top two or three. I mean, we talked about this before. We talked about it just now. All I'll add to what you said is the features still blow me away in terms of Tyler always does this, but. I mean, the Pharrell verse on Juggernaut, the Wayne verse on, I don't even remember what track that is, the Brent parts on Sweet, just so nasty. So Obviously, he produces and all that, but he actually just like puzzles together incredible fucking songs. Like having NBA Youngboy (laughs) sound tolerable and like now it's to the point where like you take NBA Youngboy out and it's like not the same song and I probably wouldn't even like it the same. Mm-hmm. it's weird even though i don't like him and it's insane like that he thought of that 
it's fucking incredible so yeah great tyler album number one something this easy everyone knows it's coming <laughs> something the world didn't know it needed silk sonic bruno mars anderson pot an evening with silk sonic best fucking duo in a minute best collaborative album and i don't know like I'm, I'm going off and i'm not even exaggerating this shit is incredible i know a lot of people may not feel it just because it is a very specific sound this is truly what i think like the definition of timeless should be and it's when an album has an old school sound you know something we're super familiar with you know that funk that soul we've had in our lives technically since like the 50s 60s 70s you know it's kind of aged and progressed and evolved but then it's current it has that little poppy vibe you know bruno he he brings you that he brings you that radio play same thing with Pac and that modern like rap hip-hop and all that shit but then it's also like timeless in a way that like yo when we're old we're also gonna be bumping this this is a big album this isn't gonna go under the radar you have these two artists that you didn't even know could work this great i feel like we probably would have you know, like, sometimes we're like, yo, I want to hear a track with Steve Lacey and right, right. whoever, Childish Gambino. Like, we'll just make some shit up just because we like them. But it doesn't necessarily mean, like, we've heard it or we know it's going to be crazy. But this time it was like, oh, this is more than crazy. This is, like, borderline, like, flawless. This is, like, fucking a group made by a fucking computer or robot <laughs> just with the perfect equation. And I hope that they continue even if it's not as good as this album anything near what this came out to be would be great and i'd like be happy with it shout out to bootsy who also had a lot of influence in this bootsy collins yeah i hope it's not a one and done by them uh, that would be if anything the most disappointing thing to come out so i think this is special obviously it's my number one yeah i mean i have no idea but maybe they'll go do a solo album each and then come back and do another or something like that but that'd be perfect yeah definitely a good pairing the rollout did hurt it for me personally but maybe i just need some time and distance from that to separate that element of it but definitely a strong technically debut project in terms of them as a group and leave the door open which was the first single is i think still the best song on it actually Good project for sure. Drum roll right here. <laughs> Alright, for my number one, we got the third UK representer on this list. Shout out to the UK. Damn, bro. Just move, bro. Just, just go, <laughs> bro. Just go. So for my number one, Arlo Parks with Collapsed in Sunbeams. This was an album that came out at the end of January. And usually albums that come out earlier in the year have a tough time of, you know, keeping that impact the whole time and sticking in your brain at the end. But not only did it do that, it obviously made the top spot. And when I initially heard it, it already felt very lived in and almost like I had been listening to this for years. It just felt very comfortable, but also very deep and emotional and just sonically very interesting. I'd never heard of her before. I saw some people posting about it, like Claro, who has a minor feature on it, and just checked it out and instantly fell in love with it and have just still 
loved it throughout the year. I think it's a really timeless album and it did get praise for sure. I think it deserved even more super cohesive and yeah, a lot of soul and emotion to it. I really liked it. Yeah, Arlo Park's pretty dope. Didn't really know much about her, I think, again, since you brought her up. I think I have, like, that song, uh, Portra 400, on a couple playlists, so it comes up every now and then. I guess I never really gave the album that much of a chance or, like, a listen. I do have it, I just don't listen to it much, but that song alone, just because it's on a playlist, I, like, really like. Um, but, yeah, for sure, looking forward to more from her. That was our top five right there, but again, earlier we mentioned having a few that barely made the cut or couldn't make the cut, and I guess let's just use this as a moment to uh, bring them up. Some didn't make it because they were like EPs and stuff, and I don't think it's kind of fair to put them up there just because they're not whole albums. It's kind of easier to be great when you only have three or four songs, you know? Mm. For example, I'd throw in there Temps. If Orange Was a Place, which I really enjoyed. Four tracks, all solid. Shout out Brent Fires, who kept us waiting. Didn't get his album this year, but I'd also throw in there Alina Barras with Sunbeam, the EP. Again, another four songs that I really like. I'd also like to shout out Vince Staples with Vince Staples, who killed it. Other than that, uh, shout out to Amine. Yeah, I guess real quick for me, I'll just throw in Vince's also isaiah rashad's and this duo between friends who i think are brother and sister if i remember right those are three projects that i bumped a lot didn't make the top five but definitely enjoyed them yeah isaiah rashad shit was fired too but now we move on on to those disappointments (laughs) just shit that we were looking forward to again maybe it just didn't hit the spot like that yeah and this is for us personally not that it's you know, for everyone, a bad album. For these uh, quote-unquote disappointments, I guess, we'll just kind of pull them all together. They're not in any specific order, but I'll start off with something that I think was synonymous, at least when it came out. That is A Whole lot of Red by Playboy Cardi. Um, <laughs> Wasn't this technically 2020? Yeah, it might be 2020, but it was right at the end of the year. Shit, I was kind of looking forward to. I really like this album before. I forget the name. It just disappointing i think there's one or two tracks that every now and then like the homie nestor plays and shit and they're like oh there's fire but the rest of it is literally like kind of throwaway or just shit that i don't know kind of heard before i guess then i'd go with 30 by adele again don't hate the album it was just the hype was too much i think we were all too excited that divorce album like the shit's about to hit and don't get me wrong it's still decent i just don't think it did it for me. Album was a little too stripped down. Tried to use her voice too much to drive the album, which again, it's Adele. I don't, I'm not opposed to that. It just, again, I'm gonna need a little bit more if I'm gonna enjoy this. You know, we got shit like Silk Sonic out here. Adele's out here just trying to make me cry. Just fine too. Uh, we all look for different shit in music, but disappointment. For me, Casey Musgrave, Stars Cross. Star Cross. Also, not an album that was that bad, but it just, nothing really caught on. I don't even know if I could name one track. I gave it a few listens, but I didn't hear that Space Cowboy, whatever it's called, that instantly grabbed me with just the sound and her voice and all that. Another one that I think it was mostly hype, and it made me give him a chance again, and that's Kanye with Donda. Kind of been 
not a Kanye stan since like Life of Pablo. Obviously, you know, everything, the turmoil, all the controversy. I didn't even listen to a few of his last projects, like the, the Montana one and the Kitsy Ghost. Whatever. Like, I, I wasn't even really paying attention. And then this one is like, oh, he's back. And oh, Kanye, or this is some other shit. And yeah, there's some decent tracks. Really like Jail, The Moon or To the Moon is pretty good. And there's like one or two other ones. But this was also like a 25 or I don't even know, close to 30 songs or some shit. I would say even more than half of them aren't even close to being hits, which kind of sucks. So yeah, I guess I was just mad that there was that much hype. and I didn't feel it. And last but not least, an artist that, again, probably top five artists at the moment and maybe for the last two or three years, but I just haven't been able to catch the wave. And that's Billie Eilish with Happier Than Ever. Like, I really even like some of her tracks. Just something about it. I don't know if it's the sound, obviously, like her whispery, low tones, very, like, somber, eerie, very moody. And that's cool, but just doesn't catch me. I don't know what it is doesn't make bad music again like when i hear it on the radio it's just other people playing it i'm like oh this ain't bad but then i try it myself and i just don't enjoy it the same but yeah my disappointments i guess i'll start off with one that you had which is casey musgraves with starcrossed and i really liked golden hour and i like some of her songs before that too like late to the party and even some of her christmas songs but this album Except for There Is A Light, which I mainly just like for the flute. I don't know, nothing really worked for this album for me. And this is kind of a theme with my whole list for these disappointments where these artists that I'm going to say had just put out an album that I really liked. And then these were just disappointments. So the next one, for example, Snail Mail with Valentine. I had really liked her debut album, Lush, and this just didn't do it for me either. There are a couple songs that maybe could have fit on it, but they don't sound as good to me, and literally no songs that I like much from it, unfortunately. Then we have Claro with Sling. She had put out her debut album, Immunity. I had really liked that, the whole sound of it and approach and everything. And this one was just a lot slower, which is a theme with several of these projects. And I really like Amoeba, Bambi is okay, but overall just too slow and stripped down of a project for me. And then Lana Del Rey, who released two albums this year, I guess for the sake of making a list, I'll go with Blue Bannisters, the most recent one. She also put out Chemtrails over the Country Club. And Blue Bannisters does have two songs I really like in Sweet Carolina and Dealer. But the rest of it, kind of like Claro's, is just way too slow for me. I really like Lana's voice, so you would think that kind of anything could work. But I just need more, I guess. Like those two tracks are just different. And this is coming off what I think was her best project yet in Norman fucking Rockwell, NFR. So just kind of a disappointment in that angle as well. And then to close it off, Courtney Barnett with Things Take Time, Take Time. 
this was also a scenario where the last project she put out, Tell Me How You Really Feel from a few years ago, I really liked that and the energy of it and everything. And this just didn't have any of that same energy for me. So it kind of lost me a bit. So those are my five. All people, I'll still be interested to hear what else they do next, but these projects didn't really work for me overall. Those were our favorites and our least favorites, or at least our bigger disappointments. But when it comes to the actual year in music, how did you feel about it? I think going into this year, there was still a lot of uncertainty around how much music was going to be released, I guess, because we had seen in 2020 artists change, you know, pushing back release dates and so forth, trying to line it up with future tours once that was possible again, etc. But anyway, I feel like 2021, especially as it kicked into like June, I want to say, it was almost nonstop until the end of the year where there were always new projects to listen to and so forth. So I didn't feel like there was a shortage. And if anything, maybe even overload in that kind of middle to end of year section. I found plenty that I liked. Of course, there were disappointments and stuff, but I'll take this year in music for sure. I would overall pro it. Yeah, I feel very similar. I guess I like view the year as like we recording and stuff like that. And I remember just like going through and like, you know how like music drops like a certain day, a lot of shit drops. Mm -hmm. And you like sending me something like you'd send me one or two. And then I'd be like, oh, shit. And this too. And you'd be like, oh, shit. And this person too. And it'd be like in one day, like three or four things that we want to listen to. And it's like, bro, like what the fuck? Like this a lot. <laughs> like I don't even have that many hours in my day to just like sit down and listen <laughs> to all this. So, yeah, I feel like it was constantly a lot. And, yeah, like you said, somewhere in that middle, like beginning of summer or some shit, it was crazy. Like literally like five albums at a time where you're like, oh, this and this. Oh, and this. But obviously, always a good thing. We can't have enough of it, or I always like it, even if it takes me a little bit longer to get to. Overall, yeah, good year. And on top of that, I think it was like quality stuff. Because even earlier in the year, when there wasn't that much, obviously things were dropping, but like the shit that would come out, or even like, let's say, Mac, you know, which I mentioned on my list, I was listening to that shit for a good minute. So even like if other stuff came out, maybe I wasn't feeling it as much. But yeah, I give it a solid pro. So that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You could find me at Jackloom Summer, Summer with an O on everything. And I'm Kev. You could find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. Shout out also to Olivia Rodrigo, who had one of the craziest and quickest rises to being a pop star that I can remember. So, yes, sir. I mean, best lyricist 2021.